what's going on, friends? Happy Thursday. I'm Claudia Bellafato here with my friend and co-host, Joe Fan. Joe, we're getting into NFL Week 4, which is crazy. This is Episode 7. Time is just flying by, and you are looking very happy over there in your Mariners. Let me tell you, I am going to wear this all weekend until they are officially out of the postseason. Right now, the Mariners are a half game back. They've won 12 straight against the Oakland Athletics, ended their season on Wednesday night. This is insane. Like, my anxiety is through the roof. I can't imagine a one-game wild card, which is like if they obviously make the playoffs, that's where this thing will be headed. Mm -hmm. And I'll be having to do the show from the road because Lord knows I'm going to try <laughs> to make it out there. Like, this is insane. The, player, the Mariners have the longest playoff job in sports. They have no business being in the postseason race right now. Yeah. They should have been dead and gone months ago. And yet here they are, a half game back. Their run differential is minus 48. They're one... Uh, or a half game ahead of the Blue Jays, the plus 168 run differential, but baseball. It's hard not to be romantic about it. You're like on the other side of it, where like the Red Sox are like simultaneously tanking, <laughs> clutching to a half game lead I mean, over my yeah, Mariners. Yeah, yeah. It was rough. We got the win yesterday. I tweeted out, they will win. We cannot lose to the Orioles twice. And that's your other team, right? Oh, your I Mariners, love the Orioles. Orioles yeah. Huge Orioles fan. Okay. Lifelong Orioles fan. Okay. Go O's. Well, yeah. All right. Well, we did beat them yesterday. I'm just I, I if the Mariners guys. make the playoffs and the Red Sox don't, I am going to be obnoxious. I'm quitting the show if that happens. Like, <laughs> like more than normal. Like, there's a baseline level of like obnoxious that I yeah. bring to the table, but like, that is true. And I'm going to continue to emo hedge as our guy Ian McMillan gave us yep. last week. Emo I'm going to continue to bet against the Mariners every single game and happily mm -hmm. pay for those wins. Okay, I I support it. Because if, if, they, away. if they, sweet, yeah, we got, we got Cole, our producer's a Red Sox fan. You're a Red Sox fan. I am. If the Mariners make the playoffs <laughs> and the Red Sox don't. Even if they okay. lose the wild card game, I'm going to take so much satisfaction in that. Get rid of the negative energy, first of all. <laughs> there is that. There's only positive energy. <laughs> I'm not. I've got all the positive energy. I'm feeling good. I look good. I look wonderful in this jersey. It's Griffey, by the way. But if they don't make it i am going to make you wear that pink red Sox shirt no for a week for two shows at least oh i'm not yeah. agreeing that. <laughs> no, that's happening. absolutely not uh, yeah, today's no, show's gonna be a lot of fun it is because yeah. not only do we get to preview week four which i'm really excited about also like on sunday it's like i'm gonna be like sweating my bets and also like if the mariners are still in it like <laughs> trying to find a place like in the book like hey can we turn the mariners game on I'm like no everyone's dude, gonna get be out like, of shut here up, what dude. do you leave <laughs> who, who are the mariners yeah. i don't even know what a mariner is uh, but we have an awesome guest we that do. I'm excited to yeah. bring in right now. He's a dear friend of mine from my time when I covered the 49ers. 13-year NFL vet, recently retired, six-time Pro Bowler, a member of the Hall of Fame's All-2010s Decade Team, a 49ers legend, and now an analyst. He's made the media game with NBC Sports Bay Area, Joe Staley. Joe, Woo! my guy. Joe, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. It's good to see you. Hey, great to see you, and um, hello, Claudia. It's the first time I got to meet you, so happy to be on the show. And Joe, that was a heck of an intro. I mean, I appreciate everything you said right there. Well, All true. Very dear friend of you. Uh, we've been very close for a long time. Spent very, um, you know, just memorable memories that I have with you. You know, whether it's opening sports cards, uh, karaoke in the car, um, just a lot of, a lot of cool memories. So we do have good memories. We had a golf course once we made a bad decision to sell a Luka Doncic rookie that <laughs> would make us both yeah. rich and buy new cars for both of us. But like, oh, we'll move man. beyond, beyond that. Joe, I want to catch up with you, man. You've made, this is year two of retirement. 
You enjoyed last yeah. year uh, with the fam, taking it uh, a year off. Now you're in the the uh, the media world as an analyst for NBC Sports Bay Area. I'm curious how that's going for you, and what finally sold you on on getting into the TV game. Well, yeah, like you said, year two of retirement and year one of retirement was a lot of fun for the first six months, and then after that. I started getting like, I need to start do something. I cannot just sit at home. I can't be a stay at home dad. And so they reached out to me, maybe in a moment of weakness and said, Hey, uh, we would love to have you, you know, come and try, try out to be a, you know, an analyst for us and see if it's something you want to go down. And I always had a, a curiosity if I could enjoy and do the media side of football when I was done with the, with the game. So the opportunity presented itself. I said yes, and uh, here I am now talking about 49ers and keeping me around the game. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, way more preparation than I had ever anticipated. I definitely have a newfound respect for the media side and um, everything that goes into it. You have to come up with your own hot takes. Um, you have to just, I'm spending so much time looking at a computer screen now and reading <laughs> articles and videos and breaking down all this stuff. It's actually more preparation than when I was playing football. We chatted about it a bit over the phone a couple of weeks ago, but the question I meant to ask you and didn't get to, I, I'm glad I got to say for the show now is you're still so recently removed that all these guys are still your boys or like you work with Dante Whitner and like he's far enough removed. He probably doesn't really care who's catching his hands and his takes where like you, it's like, yeah. man, this guy sucked today. But like, <laughs> I also don't want to put him on blast because, like, I'm trying to go get dinner with him later. Like, what is that sort of like for you when you're trying to, like, keep obviously your integrity as an analyst and the new guy in the space, but but also not, you know, necessarily burn any bridges? Have you had any hard conversations? Yeah, it's been a challenge, and it's uh, that's definitely one of the things that I'm struggling with in my mind is, you know, when someone does have a bad game, calling them out and being honest with the fans and people that are watching the show – but there is that relationship side that I had with these guys that I've shared the locker room with for a long time. And there's a way, there's ways to present it. Um, and honestly, like as a player, whenever I had a bad game, I knew it. There wasn't going to be like an analyst or a media member that was going to tell me and be like, Oh, he played poor. And then I was going to look back and be like, what did I really No, <laughs> right. I, didn't. I, didn't. I played really well. Um, so it's not a surprise, honestly, to the guys that are out there. They understand when they play poor. They understand when they play really well. So I just try to be fair with my assessments and understand that it's nothing against the person. It's more just about the performance. And that's what we're analyzing. I think the other side of that, too, I would think being a former athlete and now just so you know, just a few years out of being removed from actually playing, there's some sort of bias that goes into it when you're talking about your team. What is kind of your unbiased take on the 49ers this season so far? My unbiased see, there, that, is a, <laughs> that is very true because the 49ers is the only franchise I ever played for, and it's a franchise that I have a ton of love and respect for everybody in the building from the top down, from the ownership all the way down to, you know, the support staff and everybody there. Um, but an unbiased take, I mean, one of the things I think is a big storyline for the 49ers this year is the quarterback situation. And we're hearing a lot of chatter in San Francisco about how everybody wants Trey Lance out there and how much they gave up for him, you know, in the draft and that he's the future of this franchise. But one thing, and it's not just me coming, this is not just me saying this because, you know, Jimmy, we, we shared a locker room together, but Jimmy, I think is getting a lot of criticism and a lot of judgment on each individual pass 
in each individual mistake that he makes throughout the game because of Trey on the roster. And everybody's super excited about what he's going to bring to this offense. But I believe that this is the smart way to do this. Um, you see around the league right now, rookies that are playing. I mean, you know, Justin Fields, the whole entire Chicago Bears uh, fan base was calling for him to start week one. And he goes out there, and I think they had one net yard of passing when he was out there. And so just had, because you have an understanding of, you know, you're able to use your legs and get out of the pocket, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be able to uh, – avoid sacks. He got sacked nine times last week. It's not a guarantee you're going to be able to move the ball down the field and create plays. There's so much more that goes into playing quarterback at the NFL level than just using your athleticism. You have to understand schemes. You have to understand blitz pickups. You have to understand the whole entire playbook. And, you know, I think Jimmy has a ceiling and we have always known what his ceiling was, but he is right now playing at a pretty consistent level of what he's been. And I would even say a little bit better. I think where a lot of his criticism has come from in the last two weeks is the slow starts. And that's going to help by just converting those third downs early. They're not on the field to start the game. And it's been a variety of issues. It's been, um, you know, a couple of times the offensive line not getting uh, the job done up front and maybe snapping the ball early. It's not just solely on Jimmy. Um, so I think that Trey being back there causes a lot of unfair criticism for, for Jimmy right now. And there's a lot more issues than just the quarterback position for the 49ers. Joe, that was a um, long answer. That was a great answer. That's season four with his takes. Joe, uh, yeah. the reason why I wanted you on for this particular show was because it's Seahawks Niners week. And I, it's always a lot of fun. I've been on both sides of it where I used to work for the Niners, obviously. And then covered the Seahawks yeah, for two years for NBC Sports. And then you were a traitor. <laughs> if I was still there, I would have been your colleague. We would have been cousins at the if NBC you, RSNs. Uh, don't you know that if you ever step foot with the San Francisco 49ers, you have to swear allegiance against anything Seattle? You are a traitor that you oh, went up there. I, never, I not anything. You... Yeah, we're, we're wearing this Griffey jersey. I'm not going to take this off till the Mariners are officially uh, out joking. of postseason contention. How, how much fun was this week for you when you played? How much is it still fun? Like, just point blank. Do you still hate? I know you hated them when you played. Do you still hate them? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, you know, I was thinking about this too this week, and I think the hatred came from just because it was a rival. But then when we got good, they got really good. Yeah. And those games were always so important for the division and then also the playoffs, that one game, the NFC Championship. And it always, for me, felt like we could never – they were the one thorn that we could never overcome. And that's where that, like, deep drive and hatred came from me. And the team was like, why can we not figure this team out? And a lot of the times it was Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson. Russell's, Russell's got a cook or whatever the thing is. It's, it's <laughs> um, and he's, he's been unbelievable since he's been there for that team. And it always seems like he has one or two huge plays, no matter how well you play against him, that will completely change the, out course of the, uh, the outcome of the game. And it's just a, a great rivalry, but it's been a pretty one-sided rivalry. Seattle has had the 49ers number for a long time and it's kind of shifting back. You know, it's, we won there in 2000 or 2019. Uh, the first time we won there in forever. And that was a huge game. And then, you know, I think last year 
being a little weird with the you know, two essentially road games for the 49ers. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it with Seattle and there's the player rivalries. I remember. Yeah. I want, who is it? Who is it Richard for you? Sherman. Give me a good story. It's... When I was, when I was there, I just hated Richard. I hated <laughs> Richard Sherman and I, I couldn't stand um, just, he always seemed to just talk extra that game and the chirping and it would just annoy me. And it was the first thing when he signed with the Niners, it was like the first thing that I brought up. I said, man, I hated you when you played it there. I was always begging our coaches to run like outside toss plays so I could lead block on the corner. And I was just praying that Richard was going to be there so I could just light him up. And it never happened that way. And now Richard has become one of my dear friends and he is an unbelievable player and a guy that I absolutely loved playing with because of the leadership he had and just the person he was, but he's one of those guys that you want to have on your team. You don't want to have on the, on the opposing team. And for some reason, he needs a corner and I was an offensive lineman, but he would always just upset me. <laughs> Speaking of, I want to get into the books a little bit uh, because I'm a Patriots fan. We're talking about rivalries here. We're talking about, you know, you mentioned Richard Sherman now joining Tom Brady. They had a little back and forth with them in the past years. So I'm a Patriots fan. Of course, this game kind of hurts me. It's one I want to stay away from seeing Tom Brady come back. But now you're on the media side of things. And when you watch the press conferences with him and Bill, they're not really showing the emotion that you would think that they actually have. My question is, why are they not playing into these rivalries? Is that just kind of an unspoken thing among athletes and players and coaches not to play into the hype that we're all surrounding around them? Well, I think as a player, you always try to look at every single game as being important and you try to force your mind to look at, there's no one game that's more important than the other. But speaking from my perspective, when we had a rivalry against the Seattle Seahawks, there's a different energy in practice. I know Tom's going to be you know, this exact same way. He has he one of the most competitive, unbelievable, um, like almost resentful, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to find something to hold on to. And he definitely has a ton of stuff. I think maybe the way that it ended there in, in new England, um, him wanting to prove that there's a pride factor when it comes in as a player too. you, uh, want to be the reason and look to be like, I'm the reason why we were winning. It wasn't the coaching staff. And he'd heard a lot of those storylines with him. And I think he's proven that obviously with what he did last year. But he's going to go in there and he's going to be a lot of a lot of emotion. But I think with the media and the face that you show out there, you're trying to downplay it. But internally, as a player, that's not the case. You definitely feel an extra energy, extra motivation for certain weeks and against certain players even. Joe, we need to pick Seahawks, Niners. Niners are two and a half point favorites. I'm, I mean, this is the one thing that I'm going to 100% <laughs> struggle with and I have. Although I was going to say... When we got so, when we played the when the when I, when we I keep on saying we when I talk about the Niners when the 49ers played the Eagles yeah it's a taboo in taboo two, in the media world that was the one game that I was going to pick if they got down to predictions in the pregame show that I was going to pick the Eagles because I just didn't think the 49ers matched up really well against them it kind of played out the exact way but the defense just played unbelievable this game though. It scares me for the similar uh, reasons. I think with the injuries that the 49ers have right now to the cornerbacks um, and the running back room, what Kyle likes to do is run the ball and everything is kind of set up off of that. 
And we'll see if Elijah Mitchell is able to go this week because I do believe he's a good running back that can fit the system. But they missed it last week. And if they can't get that running game going, they're pretty much just going to rely on Jimmy to make plays downfield. And I don't 100% know if he can do that. So it's an interesting game. I just cannot pick against the 49ers in a Seattle game. Um, I do believe it's going to be very close. I think the Seattle's offense completely scares me against our defense right now. Um, I do believe the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball or uh, move the ball against the Seattle defense. They have a lot of holes. They're not as bad as what the yardage says. Um, they just have been on the field forever. They can't get, they can't get off the field on third downs in Seattle defense. So the so O-line can protect Jimmy, give him some time. I believe they're going to be able to score some points. I'm going to go, um, you know, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Let's go 31-28 49ers. So what does that cover the spread? It, that does, yeah. 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 Joe, before I let you go, man, uh, I think maybe my favorite memory with two of us and, and really my time with the Niners was every week we had the, the, the partnered interview it was the Toyota one-on-one. We'd drive around uh, in a car. I'd interview a different player every week, but when it was you, it would always be carpool karaoke. And, and when you would take over. Which was forced. Yo, it was yeah, forced it was so forced. Me. That was Hall of Fame content. For You're going to talk about that in your Hall of Fame speech in Canton. You're going to talk about the carpool karaoke's. I know it. <laughs> And if I we, ever get there, I, I will bring it up. I'll give you a 10-second shout-out in my Hall of Fame speech. <laughs> wow, oh, we can do that. Because it's going to happen. Okay. I will be there in Canton with you, sir. I want to know what's what's the hot conversation or what's the hot soundtrack right now in this daily household. You've got two daughters. We went through Moana two in those daughters. car rides. We went through Frozen. You had every song, all the voice inflections absolutely crushed. What, what's, what's going on right now? What's being played in the speakers in this daily household? Yeah, when you do the when the girls get the aux cord so to say in the in the car definitely going through a lot of the movies early and now my oldest daughter's in second grade and so she has found uh kids bop and kids bop kids is uh what's hot in the streets for these second graders right now so there's a new album coming out that my daughter is super excited about she's waiting every single day every single day we get in the car on the way to school and i'm like what do you want to listen to because she'll get she'll get to pick on the way to school what we're listening to and she's like, kids bop. And then I just kind of run down. She's waiting for that new album to drop. Very excited about it. Um, it's interesting to listen to the lyrics because some of those songs that are on there, they're very raunchy songs. But the way the kids sing them and then the, how they change the lyrics is hilarious. I have to say, what's like the best song on the album yeah. right now? The latest kids bop album. What's the best song? Oh, kids bop. Uh, the ones that the... Uh, Okay, so the kids are waiting for this one to come out called the Astronaut in the Ocean. Oh. The okay. What You Know About Rolling Down in the Deep. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. Really quick, five seconds. I just need you both to sing that same I don't thing. know that song. Bring it back. This is, I don't know that song. Really? This is going to be a Joe solo here. All right, Joe, here. No, 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 no. no. So I'm that. not going to do that one. <laughs> I, I can't do that one. So, the, but the one they always love is Savage Love on Kids Bop. Uh, <laughs> By uh, who is that Jason guy? Derulo. That one. Jason Derulo. Yeah, Jason Derulo. Um, <laughs> Savage love kids, uh, Bob. Is Savage. Raunchy. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. Yeah. Do you like? Do you pause for a second when like Grace is belting Savage Love in the backseat of your car? Savage Love. Did somebody? Did somebody break your heart? Did somebody break your heart? Wait, Grace, you shouldn't be singing this. Savage Love. Savage Love. 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 <laughs> Joe Stanley, I mean, standing ovation, on. sir. 
no other way thank to end it. Thank you so much, man, for your time. That was electric. Uh, thank you, man, for, for everything. It's been fun seeing you uh, here doing this, having these conversations, uh, as always, like we used to. The good old days, as they would say. Um, good old days. And best of luck to you, and man. Enjoy the game Sunday. Let's talk soon. Get your so I was, I was unaware that you were a singer and that you guys sang together. I heard his vocals. He's great. I, I need a little more from you, though. The thing about doing those with Joe is like, like I'm not a bashful guy. Like I'm down singing. I was choir boy in junior high. No big deal. Shout oh, out Kane oh, Park wait, Junior High Nights. Wait a second. Go Knights. But like you'd 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 get into these and like we probably should have found clips. Maybe we can save it for a later date. Yeah. But like he is so like loud. <laughs> loud and talented. I can see that. I can see and talented. That. Yeah. But like we start going and he's like screaming and like at the top of his lungs and belting it out. We're like, we gotta I can't sing video. it because I'm just laughing. And so like <laughs> you're trying to like be a part of it. It really is the Joe show. And like that was the thing he did for a long time. Like he would like go and interview players and it would be the Joe show. And like, yeah. he is genuinely one of the most popular players in the history of that organization, mm. obviously because he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. I really believe that. And I meant it when I said I'd be in Canton watching him um, get his gold jacket. But like his personality is unmatched as Unreal. you saw it yeah he yeah. can be kind of moody sometimes <laughs> everyone can be come on you can't put but that when he turns it on <laughs> there's not a more entertaining dude out there than joe steely really appreciate him giving us his time yeah thanks joe that was awesome uh well we mentioned the bucks new england game which of course is the game everyone's talking about week four the game of the week which uh, this is my heart the whole time Hell i don't know if you guys can hear the them <laughs> Ooh. You've seen those promos, right? Hold up. Oh, yeah. The oh, whole yeah. time. The, the they, drama. They hit hard. The drama surrounding this is just another level. But, of course, we got to give into it. We love it. Uh, before we get into this game, and, and this is our Taylor Bell oh, segment. So we're, we're going to talk about where the money is coming in on these games and which, and which team the Sharps are liking. Before we get to that, Breaking I want to talk about heart. a promo. That we what a test. Huh? I think we're going to have to Anymore. start a singing segment. Uh, for new users, Joe, bet a dollar, win a hundred. If I Was that Adele? Did Adele scores, just come on the show? Not quite. Not, Damn. Not quite. Sounded uh, like it. So you win a hundred bucks if you put a dollar down for either team to score, which, of course, I assume there's going to be a lot of scoring here. Everyone's going to want to get into the end zone. You get a hundred bucks if you put down one dollar. So kind of free money, right? New users, yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I don't know what's happening. We're talking about a promo. promo. I was still Adele in my head. Yeah. I'm coming back. Joe is returning <laughs> to the desk. Hell of a promo for new users. Jump on it. Hell of a One promo to win 100. Uh, Bucks are seven point favorites here. 95% of the money is on the Bucks, so not a ton of faith in my Patriots here. The Pats are eight and 11 straight up and against the spread since Brady left. I think this comes down to two simple keys the passing game and defense, right. Because with a team like the Bucks, that is so complete, you have to find that one weak spot. And right now, they're giving up the most passing yards in the NFL. So you have to attack that. And it's the opposite case for the Patriots defense that has given up the second least passing yards. But this is a whole new challenge. You're facing a Bucks elite offense, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. So like I mentioned, the Sharps have little faith in the Patriots. And I'm going to have to tell them here, I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. I'm surprised it's only seven. I mean, yeah. I guess it's like a Bill Belichick factor. Like, you're just respecting that he knows Tom Brady more than anybody. And if he's got a week to prepare, you know, he's had more time. He's been preparing for this game for far longer. <laughs> Since he left. Certainly, yeah. 
but just like you just look at the rosters and there's just no way I mean, there's just no way that mac jones against that defense albeit underwhelming so far even even without jason pierre paul is going to be able to outduel tom brady the big issue with the bucks you mentioned the pass defense a lot of it is because their pass rush isn't getting home they're last in the nfl which is three sacks the patriots are tied for the league lead with only allowing six sacks through mm-hmm. three games so uh, a little bit of a strength on weakness there for new england which you would think sets up okay in terms of if you're if you're someone that believes the pass can cover, but like, it's it's Mac Jones, it's Jacoby Myers, it's Kendrick Bourne. I really like John U. Smith. Like, it's sort of a, a band of misfit toys. Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a band of misfit toys rather than like Chris Godwin or Mike Evans right. or Antonio Brown. I mean, it's just a different caliber of of playmaker that, that Tampa Bay is coming to to town with. So. I am all in on Tampa covering seven. I would be absolutely floored if New England found a way to, to, to get it inside that number. Yeah, and injuries too. James White is out for the Patriots now. He was a running back, but part of the passing game. So I agree. I'm not touching this game. Yeah, it's just not anything I that just, New England does well lean. enough. I'm just leaning, Bucks, but like, don't take my word for it. Like, they got smoked the by the, the, the Saints last week. I, I'm fully aware. I mean, I'm fully like, aware. I wanted, like, you seem a little salty, so I want to just kind of dive into that a little bit. Like, how do you feel about this? Like, as, like, obviously a Patriots fan, a Boston native, like, not only did your Lord and Savior Tom Brady leave you, but he got Gronk out of retirement. Oh, man. And then not only that... They won a title their first year. Yeah, and he can basically just get whoever he wants on this team. He just calls guys up. He's like, come over. He's hey, probably sure. going to take half of this, this Patriots Come on team. over, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's absolutely terrible. And I don't know if I mentioned this. But you're on, over it, probably. Oh, absolutely not. I'm absolutely not over it. On other shows, when I'll go on for podcasts, I'll be like, so how about your Patriots? I'm like, you know what? Here's the upside. Can we not this do that? <laughs> I'm still hurting very much so. I, I bet against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. I was in Tampa watching the game, and I was like, nope, he's not going to do it. And, and, yeah. And then I had to sit there to and watch Credit to you, though, for being celebrate. honest about your feelings and, like, being open about it and, like, Thank not you. suppressing that. Thank you. Like, that's a big first step yeah. towards recovery. Yeah. We'll see how long it takes to recover. How much would it mean to you for the Patriots to win this game? Oh, my God. I, I, so this is one where I would put all of the money on the Bucks if it meant the Patriots won. I like that. The yeah. emo hedge. I would emo hedge the crap out of this one. Hey, this is tis the season for emotional hedging, go Mariners. Tis the um, season but for yeah, emo hedging. I just I can't I can't see any scenario one where the Patriots win, but even to cover. It's a big number, yes, but like I just don't have enough faith in Mac Jones coming off of a of a three interception performance against the Saints, not playing Maybe not a better defense, but a better team and one that's that's going to score more points and, and force him to keep up. And just more complete overall. And, and our yep. producer Cole just said in my ear, I will be here for you when the Mariners don't make it. So it's a support system. But like, here's the thing. Going. It's like I'm sort, I'm playing with house money at this point. The Mariners were like their over under win <laughs> yeah, total was like yeah, yeah. 60 games. They're at 90. I understand. I don't know. Like I'll this is Scott you. Service is the manager of the year. Like they're playing with house money. So like you coming in and be like, ha ha, the Mariners didn't make the playoffs. Like that's cool. Like I watched baseball this weekend and didn't expect to. <laughs> However, if that is the other way around and the Red Sox also, I'm putting a bunch of money on the Red Sox tonight against the Orioles. Okay. If the Red Sox don't make it and the Mariners do, I am going to be running laps around this desk. He's going to streak the win. <laughs> I, might. I really hope that doesn't happen. 
All right, <laughs> on to our next heavily bet game with WinBet Arizona Rams. Rams are four and a half point favorites. We got around 70% of the money on the Cardinals here. This open Rams six point favorites. Sharp sped it down to four and a half. Sean McVay has never lost to the Cardinals in four years as the Rams head coach. The Rams have scored at least 30 points in seven of the eight games against them. But there's a reason, right, that we see action here on Arizona. They're leading the league in scoring. They're third in yards allowed, allowing the 11th fewest, fewest points. But on the other side, they let the Jags lead at halftime. They barely beat the Vikings. And the Rams have only trailed, I tweeted this out, the Rams have only trailed for two minutes in four seconds out of 180 minutes played. That's crazy. So if I'm thinking here, I don't really want to sweat this game. I have to fade the Sharps here. I would go with the Rams. I think Arizona is a great team, but I have to go with the Rams here. And if Tom Brady can't do it in this Bucks team that we just talked about so highly, can Kyler Murray? That's a great point. One that I don't really have a counter to. These teams are sort of the same. Elite offenses that score a remarkable clip mm -hmm. with tons of weapons at their disposal. Very rarely lean on the running game. I mean, they put the ball in their quarterback's hands and they expect their play callers and their quarterbacks to get the job done, which has happened so far. Defensively, they've both given up yards and points in bunches. Mm -hmm. And they both have superstars, one or two on that side of the ball, whether it's Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald or Buda Baker, J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, Isaiah Simmons, first-round pick last year. There are enough pieces there to, you know, get a clutch takeaway, which is why both these teams, the Rams are plus two in turnover differential, the Cardinals are plus three, uh, tied for, you know, second best in, in football. So you look at that, and it just, and the total is high. Everyone's betting the over. It's just as a game I want to stay away from. And I, so I say, if you had, I would, if I had to put money on, I probably would tail or, or maybe even tease the Cardinals over 10. But, like, I just, right now, I don't want to bet against Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. It's just yeah. that they seem to be cooking on all cylinders, and they're at home again. And, and you made a great point. If Tom Brady can't do it, albeit a, a Tom Brady team without Antonio Brown and Jason Pierre-Paul, I think the Bucks are a better team than the Cardinals. The Cardinals had moments against the Jags where they didn't look like a contender. And I also believe, like, in divisional matchups, you kind of just throw everything out the window. It's like, I don't want to bet the Rams and have the Cardinals win by 10, which I, I could see. I could see, I could be convinced of anything, Yeah. which is why I'm staying away from this game. If I had to bet it, I guess you take four and a half because that is a big number in a, in a division, uh, divisional matchup. But I'll, I'll go with the history, I'll go with the trends. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm like, I literally, I'm just, I, I said nothing there. I took both sides. Yeah. So like, that's right. So it's exactly, yeah, I'm that's staying right. away. That was, staying away. I gave you guys nothing there and I apologize. <laughs> and my advice is to enjoy this game because it know should what? be a really fun one to watch. Exactly. And if yes. you want to bet the over, root for points because it's going to be fun. There you go. That's a good option. Uh, the so Rams will win and not cover. Okay. All right. There Says you go. Says But who's going to win? Definitive. Make a pick. Take a side. <laughs> uh, one game. So, so I'm the same way about this Washington Falcons game. I don't really want anything to do with this. Uh, Washington, the one and a half point favorite here. Sharps are on Washington 77% uh, of the money on Washington here. When and our traders told us this was one of the heavy, most heavily bet games, I was like, man, this like, slate is sure? terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And, and we've talked about this, Washington. We talked about them on Monday. Uh, their defense, we thought, was going to be their strong suit coming into the, 
coming into this season. Now they've allowed the fourth most points a game. We do know the talent is there, though, right? And that's the whole point of preseason discussion because we know the talent that they brought in on the offseason with the draft. They finished as a top five defense last year. So we know the talent's there. We just haven't really seen it come together yet. On offense, Taylor Heineke hasn't been terrible. Mm-hmm. completing almost 70% of his passes. He's getting noticeably better each game. He's getting more comfortable. And so the whole point of Good this Good on is, you for selling I, yourself on Washington. I'm seeing That's... upside. I'm going on upside here. So I'm tailing the Sharps with the upside, but since you clearly disagree with me, where did the Falcons have an I was. You've been dynamite this entire show, but maybe the, the peak <laughs> of your performance here is selling yourself that, that Washington, after three weeks of being egregiously underachieving. It's all about You're the like, upside. you know what? It's all about week four. We, we look forward <laughs> and not behind. And all yeah. of our listeners, the nation's capital, are going to be standing and rallying behind you. I'm six and I one, just so it. everyone knows right now. I'm on a heater, so go Washington. <laughs> I, I cannot back Washington. And this is a guy who I was I bought into the offseason hype, and I feel like I'm already jumping off mm. that bandwagon. The defense isn't just underachieving. They're one of the worst in football. Yes. Like, and that's hard to do. Like, I, it rarely does that happen when, like, some group on or some on other, you know, offense, defense, any team, whatever, Unit. is expected to be top five, and they end up bottom five. I mean, that's insane. I mean, you look at the numbers. The defense is allowing fifty-nine percent of third downs to be converted by their opponents, thirty-first in football. They're equally terrible on offense, converting just twenty-six percent of their third downs. That's dead last. They're also minus three in turnover differential. Um, which is uh, their ranks 29th in the league. It's a bad football team. Apparently, I was wrong. Antonio Gibson has been a non-factor. They're not using him much. Terry McLaurin had the one big game in their win against the Giants on Thursday night, but uh, Taylor Heineke just hasn't able, been able to give him the football enough. But is this I, the opportunity against I guess, this offense? Yeah, Atlanta right? sucks too. This They're just would, like they've just been less terrible. Like I gave you those point. numbers, Atlanta is just like slightly above them in every category. I can't get myself to put a single dollar of my hard-earned money, oh, I'm not putting money on this game. game. But I, 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 I would take Atlanta with the points at home as a home dog, coming off of an emotional win against the Giants in Week 3. <laughs> Riveting game, really. Uh, almost up there with Bucks patriots I think, right? <laughs> okay, winning <Same> picks. <laughs> winning picks. Let's see. The record. And just so everyone knows, we are starting fresh with the new month because um, she means I. your girl had a slow start, but she's heating up, as I said. Hell Not yet. Yeah. Got to get to three. Not get to three, yet, it's a winning streak. But I then we're going to reset. You're going to get to three, then we're going to reset. We are resetting, but I'm also six and one in the past week. So, like, this doesn't show you Stay everything. Stay hot. This is just... This is just stay hot. Stuff. You got to follow us. You better follow TV to, for we, all those picks. We, we are stay hot. We are staying hot. Uh, and I'm going to go with another teaser because it did me it did me good. I'm going with a three-team like six-point teaser. Bengals, Chiefs, Packers at plus 140. So it's going to start tonight with the Bengals-Jags game. Uh, a fun. This is a fun one. And I kind of want to get into this, but of course it's happening tonight. This will be released today. But Joe, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, both number one overall picks in very different situations right now. Trevor Lawrence and the Jags have lost by double digits in every game so far this season. Trevor Lawrence has the worst completion percentage in the NFL right now. And now they're facing a Bengals defense that ranks six in points allowed. On the other side, what? I've got a weird feeling about it. It makes me nervous because I have have the Bengals in a number of teasers. And I've like, 
talked myself into being nervous the Jags might actually win this game. Yeah. I hope I hope both I, of us I, are right. I don't, I don't think so. I, they looked good. Uh, they looked really our good. Our director of PR, Seth Medvin, sent me this stat since uh, that uh, John Ewing tweeted. I don't know who John Ewing is, but seems like a great guy. Since 2003, winless teams in week four have gone 45-31-1, winning at a 59% clip against the spread. So Trends. they could still win against spreads. That's why we're teasing. It's I'm on trend. board with you. What and then then go you got the rest. What it's, it's Packers and uh yeah, I got so Chiefs if Chiefs can't cover one against the Eagles, then there's some really big issues there. And then uh Green Bay, stronger front, uh stronger team on all fronts against the Steelers. So I have the exact same bet just with different legs. And I I have teasers with the other two legs you mentioned. So if you're listening, I I think we're about to give you to me, six sides that, that can't lose. Yeah. Five sides, I guess, because we both have the Packers. Um, same bet, six-point teaser at plus 140. Uh, Packers against the Steelers, Bucks against New England, uh, and the Titans against the Jets. If that doesn't win, I'm going to retire. I got Titans, Jets with my other teaser. Too, yeah. So look at us. So check out uh, winbet.com on Friday. I'm going to have a full article of teaser sides that I like. There are a number of them this week that I think you can get really good numbers at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did this last week. Uh, I put out nine sides that I really liked. Uh, that went seven and nine. Uh, seven and nine. Seven and two uh, was seven, four, nine. Numbers are hard. Wow. Um, so that's going to be a piece of content you can check out on the website, winbet.com. Uh, I love a teaser. And I, the reason love my rationale team. behind teasers is like, Vegas is good at their jobs. It's hard to hit against a spread yeah. above 50%. Like yep. sharps are looking for 55%. Right. So like I have more faith that I can go 5-0 and oh in a teaser or 3-0 and oh in a teaser than go three out of five or two out of three against the spread. And if Vegas gets their number right, it doesn't matter which way you tease. Exactly. You win. And the teams aren't looking to cover the spread. They don't give a crap about garbage points and backdoor covers. So we're out here sweating when you really could just get three teams that should cover these small spreads at plus 140. It's a win-win sitch. Well, Mariners are going to make the playoffs. Both, we're going to win money. It's going to be a the great Bengals weekend. Win tonight or else. What's crazy, like we're not going to see our our listeners until Monday. And it's like there's just so much that has to happen between there's now and then. A lot, like yeah. a lot of bets on the line, and like maybe my most emotional weekend as a fan, <laughs> I can remember in a long time. Like I'm not really a football fan anymore. Like I like the Washington Huskies, but like they're perennially disappointing. Like I just don't get myself super up for that. I don't really have an NFL team after covering the league for so many years. Like it's really the Mariners and my like engagement passionately usually ends in late April. And here we are. (laughs) It's going to be October 1st here soon. And the Mariners are still having a shot. Hold on to it. Hold on to it while you can, because we don't know how long that's going to last. It's emotional for me too. We got the Bucks Patriots. So uh, me and Joe are going to cry together in our apartments, and that's going to be it. For and Joe finally got a couch, so it's been a good week, y'all. It's been a good week. Go nurse! <laughs> See you guys on Monday.